I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 173 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are kicking off another awesome week of celebrating fatherhood and family values. I've got another five banger for you dads out there, and I've got fathers from all over the map. Today, I will be joined by a former first-round NFL draft pick of the Houston Texans. Jason Babin will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. One of the biggest films in the movie theaters right now is Unplanned, the true life story of Abby Johnson. And tomorrow, one of the stars of the picture, Alexander Kane, will be stopping by. So please do not miss out on that. Wednesday is going to be a Warrior Wednesday this week. Army combat veteran Jason Wood will be here. Jason is now an elite obstacle course athlete, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Thursday will be my interview with real estate entrepreneur Grant Cardone. I conducted a video interview with Grant on Friday, and I will be posting some highlights of that up on Instagram and Facebook, so be sure to look out for those. Friday is going to be a bit different this week. In honor of UFC 236 on Saturday, I will be interviewing one of the fighters on the main card. UFC middleweight Eric Anders will be here with me, and he's going to be squaring off with Khalil Roundtree. So if you guys are planning on watching the fights this weekend, you have got to tune it in for Friday's podcast. So let's go, dads. I got a great group of men joining me here to share their fatherhood experiences with us. And so many of you guys are DMing me and emailing me your stories about your own personal fatherhood journeys, and I'm loving every minute of that. I do my best to respond to each and every one of you. And also, many of you dads are reaching out and inquiring how to become a guest on the podcast here, and I would love to have all of you guys on the show. Unfortunately, I can't make that possible at the moment here, but I am definitely exploring new opportunities of ways where maybe I can get a call-in segment here to try to include as many of you guys on the podcast as possible. So stick with me here as I continue to upgrade the experience of first-class fatherhood. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And now I'm going to jump right into the action with former NFL first-round draft pick Jason Babin. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He played college football at Western Michigan, where he was a two-time Mid-Atlantic Conference Defensive Player of the Year. He was the 27th overall pick of the 2004 NFL Draft. He played 12 seasons in the NFL and finished his career with 64 and a half sacks, 372 tackles. He has now found a new career in real estate. It is a big privilege for me to say, Jason Babin, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, here we go. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I have uh, three boys, uh, 13, 11, and 5. Awesome. Yeah, our oldest will be 13 this month, so uh, we are hoping that he breaks us in easy to the teenage scene here. <laughs> I always tell people it, it, uh, it doesn't get easier. It gets different. <laughs> All right, what type of uh, sports or activities are the boys into? Uh, we're really, I, I kind of let them pick. I try not to steer them in any way, honestly, because I, I want them to kind of have their own, their own path. Um, but, uh, you know, oddly enough, they kind of do track in my footsteps to a certain degree. Uh, the older one, I think, did uh, basketball, did football, basketball, and now lacrosse. Middle ones did uh, 
did football, wrestling, and now lacrosse. So it, uh, it's definitely uh, – we have three. The logistics, now the, old, the littlest one's playing uh, sports now. It's, uh, it's getting challenging. Very cool. Now, do you get involved with coaching at all, Jason, or do you like to enjoy it all from the sideline? So I obviously was, you know, couldn't participate in the coaching aspect until, uh, you know, three years ago, and I started getting involved. And uh, I would say this past year has been my most uh, packed coaching year. Uh, did uh, Pop Warner middle school football, um, and then uh, helped out with wrestling, and now I'm helping out with uh, lacrosse. So my uh, my weekends are uh, are definitely assigned. Okay, good stuff. All right, Jason, please take a second here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Um, currently, what I do is, uh, is mainly real estate. Um, I develop neighborhoods, uh, multifamilies, commercial space. I also have uh, uh, real estate brokerages in Florida, uh, Michigan, and uh, hopefully coming online in a few other states here uh, this summer. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of what I do is everything that's really real estate related. Um, I really enjoy that creating uh, that, uh, that deal, you know, that, that whole aspect. All right. And when did fatherhood come into this picture for you, Jason, and how did becoming a dad change your perspective on life? Um, well, the first part of that question, I think we, I always wanted to be a young dad. And, um, and when I met my wife, I mean, she wanted nothing more than to be a, a mom and, and, uh, and, and be, uh, be a young mom as well. Um, cause we wanted to be young when our kids were young and, uh, and just to sidetrack for a moment, my um, I know it's about fatherhood, but when I met my wife, she she was that she was she was that this is this is who I want my you know my kids' mom to be like you know that that I could just tell kind of rela- kind of relationship she would have with the kids you know the where you come home and everyone everyone you know that mom where everyone's like oh she made us snacks and just every, the mom that everyone loves all the kids love so I'm like you know I could I could just see when we start talking about kids from an early age that she was that mom so it's like boom you know it's a uh, check that box. So I, I felt really great about, uh, you know, obviously our, our plan. That's awesome, Jason. And how about, I mean, I know you were a first round draft pick of the Texans, but you bounced around to quite a few teams there. What were some of the challenges of moving from city to city as a young dad? Well, when the kids are that age, I mean, I'm, I think most of, uh, there's a lot of people that would live in, um, live in the city uh, during the season and, and have a, a city that they probably enjoy or are from on uh, the off season. So it really wasn't too challenging. The challenging aspect came from when um, I, I still wanted to keep playing, and uh, I definitely uh, the kids couldn't switch the kids around in schools. So there was two years there where I was, um, you know, with the the Jets and then with uh, the Cardinals in the playoffs, and I, I couldn't move them. So I was I was detached. I was you know in a in a really really great looking uh, efficiency apartment. Uh, it was sarcastic in uh, in New York or in Arizona. And uh, they were there, so that was that was I would say the, probably the most difficult time as far as being away from the family for the, those long stretches. You know, was, I really I really really wanted to you know get that Super Bowl ring, just didn't uh, didn't didn't happen. Yeah, well, you played 11 or 12 seasons in the league. There, did having kids and becoming a father play into the fact of you uh, making the decision to retire from the NFL, or was it just time for you to hang it up? Um, no, I mean I, I probably could have still pushed the envelope a little, little more, but um, I had some business things that um, I really wanted to start accomplishing and, and start working on, and uh, I just made a you know I, I guess a calculated decision you know I guess a try to make the best non-emotional decision I could on it, and uh, thankfully it uh, it's, it's been working out. It just things got because uh, I was involved, always been involved in business and you know doing all of the different developments and uh, projects and just got to the point where it was getting it was getting so big that it needed my attention 24 7 so I, I kind of played a little bit into it 
All right, now, do your kids have a favorite football team in common? Is it one of the teams that you played for, or do they all root for a different one? Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a very interesting question because you, you would think naturally, like the team I played on, team they had, you know, because they were always in the locker room with the sidelines. I mean, they, they grew up. There's tons of old pictures always pop up on my Facebook, you know, they're, uh, sitting next to some somebody you know that uh, you know played in the NFL, they're sitting there with like little three four year old playing Xbox in the locker room, you know. So they have these they have these like snapshots I think of the memories. But the thing I think that influences them the most is you know these college kids. They look up to college. They don't really look up to NFL players. So they have they they kind of have these college you know football players and that they look at, and then wherever they end up going, this seems to be the kind of their so like, that's my team. I like that team kind of you know kind of a uh, feeling. Okay, good stuff. And I always love to ask the former NFL players when I get them on the podcast here about tackle football because many dads, parents in general out there, struggle with this decision whether or not to let their kids play tackle football, especially with all the CTE stuff that's been reported. Uh, so what's your take on it, Jason? How do you feel about young kids playing tackle football, and what's what's a good age for a kid to start playing? Well, I think um, each case is individual. You know, you don't have to um, start at a young age. It does, I would say, um, help you obviously learn the nuances of the game, um, but I was on the competition committee at the time and, and heard both sides of um, you know, during the lockout and during the times of um, this whole concussion thing started. So hearing the NFL's doctors' point of view and you know sitting in these meetings and the, the NFLPA's doctors' uh, point of view, um, obviously there's um, there's science, there's you know each side's personal interest involved, there's finance involved, so it's a it's a very complicated question, you know, when you're trying to arise at your decision. Um, but I think there's a little bit of um, uh, natural selection involved in the sense of if, if you're predisposed to getting concussions or whatever your, you know, physical makeup is and you play sports at a young age and you get dinged up, well, you're probably not going to continue on. So there's a, there's a selection, I think, a, a natural selection as you get older and competition increases. And if you're physically, you know, predisposed to that, you're going to weed yourself out. Um, I think there's that. Um, but I also think that the best thing that's happened out of the whole competition, you know, about the whole NFL um, concussion thing um, is the fact that they, the on-site doctor watching it, right, watching the game. So when they see a guy get ganged up, there's, 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 um, uh, there's, there's a certain protocol. And I, and I think there still needs to be additional protocols. Um, and I think um, I'm actually working with one of a doctor that's not an NFL doctor now. It's, uh, he's writing a protocol for stem cell injections for, uh, you know, um, concussion damages that the NFL hope trying to run by the NFL as well. But the, and that also sends a signal to all the other sports. You know, it's a college, the NCAA, it's a high school, it's a youth sport. So then it, you know, it's it, it kind of hopefully follows suits all the way down, so everyone takes it seriously because getting concussions normal. You need to play sports, run around, chase each other around the house. But the damage happens when you get that second one. And I had a really good teammate, and I'm not going to mention his name, um, get a concussion, and he was. He, him and I were both, you know, doing great that year, and we're both going to have um, uh, probably double-digit sacks. And he got a little dinged up, and it was like in that gray area, you know, should he come back, should he not come back? And this was prior to the whole concussion thing. And um, I begged him not to come back. So just give it one more week, one more week. And, you know, sh- you know, with, without without fail, he got a, you know, he got another concussion, and just that was it. Certain hits, you know, on, on receivers, on running backs, on. All these different things, and and I and, I, and I, I don't know for certain, but I personally feel that they do some of those things to increase the viewership desire and um, fantasy football league interaction because they want higher scores, they want the same guys around, they don't want any of those guys injured. You know, I think 
in my personal opinion, you know, that they do those things under, the, under that umbrella, which I don't think is fair because it is such an important thing, the, you know, player safety. So I don't, I don't like that being, you know, misused and ever so slightly. It is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Jason Babin. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. We are all about creating good humans, right? But if you're finding your kids are more interested in listening to cartoon characters than you, the parent, here's a great way to get your kids thinking about what good behavior really is. The SirDap Game Show app is so much fun for kids 5 to 8 who are challenged to figure out what's polite or rude, who left a mess, or what's right for the environment, while absorbing good messages about how their behavior can affect others. Check out SirDap.com to learn more. That's S-I-R-D-A-P-P.com. Yeah, thank you for weighing in on that, Jason. I mean, you made some great points there. I just think it was it's always been a difficult decision for parents, even before the CTE stuff. But, I mean, the reports are a bit unclear, so it's something that parents are, are very cautious about. And I know that you're active with youth sports. you got a youth program. Uh, please tell us about that a little bit, and how did you get started with that? Uh, well, shame is a, is a powerful tool. I mean, there was probably no way that I wasn't going to be forced to coach, um, you know, the, the kids. And when I was available, you know, I was done playing football. So, but um, honestly, though, uh, our youth program has um, maybe three, four NFL dads, one NFL guy that helps out, two Division One dads. So we have um, we got a pretty amazing coaching staff in our in our Pop Warner Middle School um, program. So we um, we run a kind of a pro style practice in the sense of um, what we do and how we do it and the, the timing. Um, but uh, we do it the right way. And I think a lot of the times we're talking to the kids. We we're talking to the parents too, because our biggest message, you know, um, I think to the kids, you know, and, and really to the parents is we're, we're here to win obviously, but we're here to win the right way. But more importantly, we're here to build better, better young men, you know, learning how to fail, learning how to react to failure, learning how to succeed the right way, learning how to work hard, learning how to outwork people, learning what that gives us, what life lessons that, that, we take and how that trans how we can transition that into school into relationships into business into our job you know we're we're trying to lay those 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 ground those those um uh that that base you know for these young kids you know through athletics and i think a lot of times you know nowadays you know you see people getting get schools getting rid of gym getting rid of pe and you know i mean if you really look at it from a physiological physiological standpoint you know we're we're mammals you know we're humans you know and and to I think I think young men, especially with you know the introduction of testosterone at that age, they need an outlet for for that and for that you know activity. Because I always say at my house household, a, a, a perfect young man is a young man that's just physically worn out. You know, it's, it seems to be when that's, that's when there's peace at the house. You know, when when things are things are nice and smooth. So having having an outlet and having it done the right way is, has always been important to me. Yeah, we try to do the same thing here, Jason. I have three boys and a girl. We try to tire them out as much as possible, at least to make bedtime a bit easier for us. Uh, but one of the challenges with that, of course, right now is the technology, the iPads, the video games, Fortnite in particular, YouTube, and all that other stuff. So uh, are your kids into all that, and how do you kind of handle the technology? Honestly, I think it's kind of a, a, a huge issue that I don't think we talk about enough in society with the, with the, the games, the iPads, the, the phones. And and truthfully, and I know there's a lot of parents that uh, we're friends with that we have the same same beliefs. 
that's the that's their currency, right? So if, if there's any missteps, any misbehavior, it's it's immediate. You know, go after the phones, go after the iPads, go after the video game machines, because that gets their attention quickly. But I also try to minimize it in the sense of like, well, listen, we're not going to be on it when we when when I get to see them. You know, I pick them up, I leave, I come, you know, home, pick them up, take them to practice, and that time in the car, like, there's no phones on. I want to have a conversation with you guys. I want to find out what's going on in your life and your day. You know, I've always asked the kids every day I see them, tell me one thing you learned at school today. You know, and I, I don't, I often don't get a very good answer, but I still consistently ask them and you know, inquire about them. But, you know, having those clear boundaries when they can use them, when they can't use them, because they're kids, you know, they don't know any better, you know, like, let's, this is awesome. I want to use it, you know? So we, uh, we take them away often, but then we also try to, you know, outline when they should and shouldn't be using them. Yeah, it's a struggle for many parents for sure, Jason. And we're the last generation that knows what it's like to grow up without all this kind of technology. So it'll be interesting to see when these younger guys that, that have grown up with this their entire lives, once they start becoming dads, and just to see how they're going to handle it. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I know power went out the other night and it had no power. I was like, you know, and I, already, I already had made them dock their phones because we are having some we're just hanging out on a Sunday, and uh, I was like, man, we can turn it back a few more centuries, you know, before we had electricity. <laughs> so, and I was like, you know what, I think we need to plan a camping trip, you know, or, and we'll leave, we'll leave, the phones, uh, leave the phones in the backpacks. Yeah, definitely. How about uh, discipline, Jason? What type of disciplinarian are you with the three boys? Uh, I, would, I would say I'm pretty, pretty strong in the discipline. Um, you know, I'd be the, the parent that has a little more of it. Uh, um, but I like to get unique with it. Because if you're if you're not uncomfortable, then I'm, I think I'm doing a bad job with my discipline. And you know, just something you're upon it, you're grounded. I'm taking away your phone. Um, I like to take a step further. You know, whether we have we have a gym at our house, so guess what? Go get me a medicine ball from down downstairs. Now you're going to be walking up and down the stairs with a medicine ball above your head. You know, and, and if the two of them are fighting, then you're you're over here doing wall sits or you're doing burpees. You know, and then we'll I'll just wear them out. And if they you know they keep having attitude, we'll just keep doing it. And so I like to be creative, you know, or, or if it's like, hey, once you go out and stack all those paper stones that we just had delivered over here in a perfectly, you know, perfectly square, two by two square, you know, it's whatever I can come up with. And uh, um, and I, I like I like it to be unique and uh, uncomfortable. I like that. And I did see that Navy SEAL quote in your bio there, get comfortable being uncomfortable. I've been extremely honored to have at least, you know, two dozen frogmen on the podcast here. I just love their whole philosophy and everything that they stand for. It's really incredible. It's, it's, it's such a true statement. And I, and I, I have, uh, I coach obviously my real estate agents and my managers on a weekly basis. We evaluate. And that's one of the biggest things I tell like my newest real estate agent. I said, listen, first thing you need to do is get uncomfortable, get used to it. I said, because everything you're going to do, from here on out, it's going to be uncomfortable. You know, calling someone on the phone you don't know and trying to get them to sell their house to you or let them sell your house for you, all, all those things. You're knocking on someone's door you don't know, meeting someone you don't know. Like, you have to get comfortable there. And honestly, as, as you, you know, you illuminated with the Navy SEALs, and I've had the opportunity to sit in front of numerous SEALs and hear what they had to say and hear their viewpoints, is that's, that's, where, that's where anything good that happens, you're uncomfortable. Like you're, you're exhausted, you're worn out, you're tired, you're pushing yourself to limits, you push yourself past the point where you don't think you push yourself anymore, and that's where the good stuff happens. So it's a, it's a mantra that um, I, I believe in, and for the example, in my boys' room, um, uh, we have a little saying that's kind of on a little poster that we, we made. It says, um, Bab and boys are, are, um, are willing to do things that others cannot or will not do. So it's a, it's a daily reminder. 
Yeah, and I do like to relate the philosophy of getting comfortable being uncomfortable to fatherhood itself because in so many ways, the first time we become dads, we are a bit uncomfortable with all of it. I mean, the diaper changes, the all-nighters in the beginning. I mean, we all have to adjust, and certainly it brings a lot of guys out of their comfort zone. <laughs> it's messy and it's dirty. I mean, I, I, honestly, I'll share something personal with you. Um, for me personally, I mean, I'm I'm pretty emotional, emotionless in the sense of like, you know, I can, you know, something's going on. Like I can, I can usually make a very clear decision. But on the flip side of that, it, it's always been a struggle for me to to be in tune, you know, emotionally with, you know, my wife, and, you know, and you know, or even in the kids in that sense, you know, or to really. Um, express empathy or, or understanding or, you know, grace. It's, you know, it's always something that for me, that was, that was a very un- uncomfortable spot for me, <laughs> you know? So it's like one of those things where you got to practice what you preach. So being uncomfortable means a lot of different things. I think to a lot of different people, in a lot of different situations. Yeah. Very well said. All right. You've had so many accomplishments here already. You're busy with the real estate. What kind of plans or goals do you have for yourself for the future? I think the biggest thing on our agenda right now is, um, uh, we're getting ready to the point where we want to start franchising and we want to, we want to take a unique approach to our franchise because I have so many former athletes, not just football guys, um, that get done with, fo- get done with their sport, you know, and they spend their whole life with this craft, working on this craft, and now they cannot use this craft anymore unless they want to go into front office or coaching. Um, and a lot of them end up, in, as you probably well know, in owning gyms, selling uh, medical sales device, selling life insurance, um, financial planning, real estate. And and the reason I, I love real estate so much is because there's no ceiling. And what we're getting ready to do is we're going to franchise Red Zone to um, retired athletes and or spouses in their, you know, city that, you know, they played in, you know, because it's, it's kind of part of our brand, you know, because some of our other offices, I have other guys that played uh, football that run our other offices or, or have part ownership in other offices in other states and other cities that uh, we've recently opened up. And it's such a unique outlet because there's no ceiling. I mean, when when you're in real estate, you know, you can do a small deal. You can do a commercial deal. You can package deals together. There's, you know, however you want you want it to run it. Like, it's it's almost you can customize in that sense, and, and you can make um, make the most out of it, whatever it is that you want to get out of it. And obviously, I want to grow the brand um, uh, nationwide. That's a fantastic idea, Jason. Sounds like a home run ball to me. Uh, last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, I, I think um, the hardest thing for me, because uh, I'm, you know, you're, I think I think men are selfish at the core, and, and I mean that in a good way because it's 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 our, I would say it's in our DNA part of our survival to be selfish because if you're not, you're, you're not going to survive. Um, I, I would say to really understand what it's like to be selfless because to make, make that new dad, that new dad relationship really, really work, you have to be selfless. And it's, it's something I think that's foreign to a lot of young men, um, especially. Well said. I love the message. You are a first class father all the way. And I got to say, Jason Babin, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first class fatherhood. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Keep doing the good work. Okay. I'm back with a couple of closing thoughts. Just a second here.
back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Jason Babin for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it in. There's still a lot more action coming your way this week. We are just getting started here. Tomorrow, actor Alexander Kane of the movie Unplanned, which is doing very well at the box office right now. Wednesday, we got a Warrior Wednesday podcast for you with Jason Wood. Thursday, we got entrepreneur extraordinaire Grant Cardone. And then Friday, MMA fighter Eric Anders will be here to get you guys pumped up for UFC 236. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feelings.